The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now, only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Johnny Olin bumped into me in Beverly Hills. And he said if he wanted to talk, he said that you and, and Roth were in on a, a big deal together. And that there was something for me if I could help him out. He said that he, he said that you were being tough on the negotiations, but if they could get a little help and close the deal fast, it it'll be good for the family. You believe that story? He said there was something in it for me on my own. I've always taken care of you, Pedro. Taking care of me? You're my kid brother, and you take care of me? Did you ever think about that? Did you ever once think about that? Send Fredo off to do this, send Fredo off to do that. Let Fredo take care of some Mickey Mouse nightclub somewhere. Send Fredo to pick somebody up at the airport. I'm your older brother, Mike, and I was stepped over. That's the way Pop wanted it. It ain't the way I wanted it. I can handle things, I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Like dumb, I'm smart and I want to stay. If you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. The Bob Seska Show. our Thursday show. Welcome to it. It's Trump Crisis Day 280. And uh, this is not safe for work. Before we dig in and before we bring in Jody Hamilton, it has been 26 days since the Republicans allowed the CHIP program to expire. Once more illustrating how life begins at conception and ends at birth, right? Oh, by the way, uh, I have a correction from the previous show. I said uh, on Tuesday, I said the GOP stole health care from thousands of kids by allowing CHIP to expire. The number's wrong. I, I really, really apologize for saying thousands. It's actually 8.9 million. Mm-hmm. So F you Republicans. Very nicely done, right? If you're, what is the uh, George Carlin line? If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. You're yep. you're fucked. All right, let's bring in Jody Hamilton. Let's do that, huh? Jody on the show. Jody on the show. That's what we're waiting for. I'm gonna talk with Stephanie. Well, no, no, no. It's me, Bob. Not not Stephanie. <laughs> I'm still a whore, but. <laughs> 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 
with Bob today. Jody, hi. Hi, Bob. It's the lead singer of Guilt Lily. Uh, yeah, I'm the, the I'm the replacement singer of Guilt Lily. <laughs> are you the are you the permanent singer or are you just uh, filling in right now? Well, it, it was my sister Carrie's band originally 25 oh, years right, ago. Right, right, right. And um, uh, Lauren, her guitar player and co-songwriter, uh, called me like two years ago and had an idea for a song. Yeah. We finally recorded it, and uh, it was really hard because I don't write, yeah. so I have Carrie's lyric book. And so I found some stuff that she had written prior that never they never used in a song. Mm-hmm. So I um, I was able to f- find some happy clappyish lyrics, <laughs> uh, which are difficult because Carrie was a very dark songwriter. I see. And and Lauren's chorus was very happy clappy. So that was kind of <laughs> a, a difficult task, but it seems to have worked. And what we're doing is um, we're going to have a benefit on Carrie's birthday to raise money for the foundation in her name that my mom set up. And, oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, it should be it should be fun. You you know, if you're in town, you can point and laugh at me. And um, that's, a, that's in December, is it? Is that when that's yes, happening? It's Tuesday, December 5th, which All was right. Carrie's birthday. Nice. Nice. And uh, it should be fun. I got I, I sent out a giant email to a bunch of friends um, before I posted it on Facebook, and uh, I emailed <laughs> Roger Daltrey. Naturally. Oh, my, right, okay, and from you know the Who. The Who, and so um, I get <laughs> now he lives in England, right? So right, of course he emails. <laughs> He emails me back and he goes, oh, I'm so glad you're doing this. The band sounds great. Let them know that I say that. He goes, but it's a bit of a commute. <laughs> See, now I love The Who even more. That is a, that is a great joke. That is a great, great joke. Uh, and yeah, by the way, I, I emailed Barack Obama about it. I just said, hey, Barack, you want to show up? Shit. No, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. That would like, be awesome. <laughs> no, but dropping Roger Daltrey's name to me, is you might as well have said Barack Obama, because I'm going to be like, oh my God, oh my God, it's him. But it, but oh, no, the first it. time, no, you have no idea. I mean, I've been a Who freak <laughs> since I was 10, and yeah, yeah. when I was 15, my parents, who did not know him personally, they knew friends mm. of friends of friends, um, <laughs> and they got him to call me on my 15th birthday on Maui. Oh, my God. So you're in Hawaii for your birthday on Maui, and, and your parents, who are famous by their own right, uh, get Roger Daltrey to phone you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi, it's Roger Daltrey. I'm just, call- I'm just calling to say happy birthday. It really, it was, did he what sing? Was, I mean, did he sing it to you? Uh, no, he did. Well, what, what was funny about it was my birthday came and went, and I drove to school, which was 43 miles away. <laughs> and so I, I get back home you know, that evening, and my mom's really bummed out. My little sister knew. The entire school knew, by the way, that he was supposed to call. Jesus. And, and he didn't on my actual birthday. Well, what had happened, he called, but he missed the time zone because, you know, Hawaii to England is a bit of a <laughs> yeah, time it's zone. like 12 hours, something crazy yeah. like that. Yeah, and so he, he called, and he missed me by like an hour. Yeah. And my mom was like, I will tell her that you called, See. you know, da-da-da. He goes, well, what time should I call tomorrow? <laughs> Right. Well, see, that's great. So he did it again, even though uh, uh, British invasion singers have trouble with math. So I apparently, mean, uh, <laughs> it was probably my mom's fault. Who knows? But um, he so he did call the next day at like five o'clock in the morning our time, and and my mom goes, "There's a phone call for you." And, and I went, at, I looked at her, and I went, "What?" At five o'clock in the morning, going, "I don't care. I, I, I don't calling? care who it is. Just I don't care. <laughs> hang up and, on and, them." And so he, I pick up the phone, and it's Roger Daltrey, and he was so lovely and sweet. And um, then we were actually going to be in England that 
summer. He goes, well, yeah. when you get to London, let me know and I'll come and have lunch. And he did. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's so cool. That is so and, utterly cool. I love. Now, see, I was I'm a really huge fan of The Who. And now it's just like, oh, God, I've got to, you know, I got to send him a note. I, I want Roger Daltrey to send me a, a happy birthday note now. I'll have him do it. <laughs> okay. No, he—he's—he's he's now like a friend, you know. It's—it's—it's it's, it's thirty plus years now, and and he's just—he's always been very gracious with me. Yeah. And couldn't be—I mean, when you meet your idols, it, they can disappoint. Right. And for me, at least, he has not. Well, you know, I just—I I, want to change gears here a little bit uh, at the top of the show before mm-hmm. we get into politics or anything like that. And I, I will say, you know, first of all, I don't want to start the show on it on a down note. And I don't know exactly how much to say because this person I'm about to talk about is very specific in terms of how she's discussing this particular topic. But I think it would be wrong not to mention it. Paula Bonham from Bubble Genius, the owner, proprietor, the uh, the queen of all soap, mm-hmm. uh, Paula Bonham from, from BubbleGenius.com. One of my dearest friends and a supporter of the show since the very, I mean, even before we started the show, I put the word out, I need a sponsor for my podcast. She was the first one to send me an email, has been on board supporting the show ever since. But more than that, I mean, she is just a wonderfully generous and supportive and funny and smart person. And uh, I think the world of her, but she was diagnosed uh, with stage one breast cancer. And oh, wow. uh, announced it this week on her uh, on her Facebook page, and the, the, it was a small tumor, and it was removed, and now she's okay. moving on to to radiation treatment. So right. it's not it's not a four alarm fire yet, and I don't I don't know that it will be. Uh, but without getting too sappy about all of this, it goes without saying that we here on the show would do anything for Paula, especially me. So just so you know, though, she's demanding three things, right? <laughs> so here's. <laughs> I'm putting out the word. These are the three demands that Paula has has described on her Facebook page. No praying, no advice, and no flowers. <laughs> so I'm saying these things to everybody under the under the rules that you are not to go to Paula's Facebook page and send flowers or send advice or send your thoughts and prayers or whatever. Should we tell her to fuck off and whatever? I mean... Yeah, just go <laughs> right by all means. Uh, Good I, luck I, with that over there. I mean, <laughs> I know. Don't don't go to Paula's uh, Facebook page and tell her to fuck off. Unless you <laughs> no, put, don't do that. Unless you put a little winky face next to it. Right. All right. So I mean, seriously, uh, uh, best of everything to Paula, Absolutely. and and of course, uh, uh, whatever we can do, we're there. We're totally there. Especially me. I mean, Paula. Well, it sounds I, I like they caught it early so that's good yes and that's the other thing she's noting and i might as well pass this along make sure to get your mammograms make sure to get your prostate test guys make sure to get Mm -hmm. everything tested so you catch this crap early because fuck this disease if we can't have a cure for it i don't know why we don't yet uh but if we can't we can at least prevent it ourselves and do what we can to uh, to mitigate the ultimate impact because it seems like i don't know it seems like anymore it's become like a rite of passage in life like everyone oh okay it's my turn to get cancer like it seems oh, like please in my family it. it's it's crazy in my family my dad died of it my sister died of it yeah. my other sister two sisters have died of it my dad my aunt my cousin i mean it's just it's all in both sides of my family it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and what type I, it just and it's it seems like it's gonna catch one of us at, at, at some point or another. it's gonna catch yeah. all of us and uh, and so I I mean I really don't know what else to say because everything you say when it comes to cancer is just like oh fuck uh, you, mm-hmm. you know seriously oh, oh fuck it really oh fuck it exactly <laughs> yeah I mean it, it re- 
Yeah, it sucks. I mean, it has. It, it fucking I, sucks. I, I, I know. Just like Lawrence yes. O'Donnell says, right? He knows. Mr. O'Donnell knows these things. Right. And, and you know who knows things too is Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump is really, really smart. He's a smart guy. I'm smart and I want respect. Wants respect, right? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> this is my favorite thing in the world right now. This clip of Donald Trump talking about how smart he is. It's not the first time he's done it. I mean, he always talks about how smart he is. You know, he's got the best words. I know words. Yeah. I had the best words. He's got the best words. Um, mm-hmm. But here's Donald Trump out in front of the White House on the, uh, I believe it was on the South Lawn before he's headed over to the helicopter, talking about how smart he is and how no one gives him any credit for being so smart. The press makes me more <laughs> uncivil than I am. You know, people don't understand. I went to an Ivy League college. Uh, I was a nice student. I did very well. Uh, I'm a very intelligent person. The fact is, I think, I really believe, I think the press creates a different image of Donald Trump than the real the real person. No, 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 no. No, no, they just record you. Yes, that's exactly right. We we just we just read his Twitter feed. Requires no press translation. We don't need to read it in the press. Just go to his Twitter feed. And then you can see right then and there that not only is he a dick, but but he's a, a stupid dick because I mean, for example, for, he what did he need four tries to correctly spell the word hereby a few <laughs> weeks ago? I mean, just like this is not a, a, a it's not he's not a smart man. Uh, yeah. He's not an informed man. He's not a well-read man. He's not necessarily an articulate man. I mean, he repeats himself over and over again. He can't get through a run without saying the same phrase over and over and over and over again. Uh, he thinks Frederick Douglass is still alive. I mean, I'm <laughs> well, just... Well, you know, he's trending. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Donald Trump thinks he's a supermodel. I feel like a supermodel yeah. except like times 10. Oh, my God. We're so fucked. Oh, we're so fucked. And you know what? He's going to get crazier. We were talking to Buzz Burbank on Tuesday uh, on the show. And as we get closer and closer to indictments, which, by the way, the rumor going around, I don't know if you heard, Jody, indictments possibly coming, some sort of consequence, some sort of endgame for the Mueller investigation coming before Thanksgiving. Ooh, wouldn't it be great? Everybody was talking about this today, that the anniversary of the election... Of him, uh, excuse me, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Uh, but the anniversary is coming up, and the first year anniversary is paper. Yeah, and paper is how indictments get handed down. That's exactly right, and and that's so appropriate, so uh, so so predictive of what's going to happen. And I, I really hope at some point between now and then that we hear from Donald Trump himself that we hear we get some word that Donald Trump was in some way deposed. I mean, it could have mm-hmm. happened already. It could have happened months ago. We don't know uh, because of the tight-lipped nature of the Mueller investigation, which is good, which is ultimately good news. But, I mean, we like, you know, we've been hearing occasionally things leaking out of that investigation. We've got so much more to discuss on the, uh, the Trump-Russia front in terms of the Steele dossier. Cambridge mm-hmm. Analytica is in the news again. So we're going to get into all of that. One more clip, though, of Donald Trump, because I know uh, our listeners, Jody, love when I play clips of Donald Trump. If you read my comments, it's like, more clips of Donald Trump, please. Well, I'm a lot like Chez. When I hear his voice, I pull the headphones off. (laughs) Yes, everyone's doing that. But I swear to God, these are for the archives. These clips... He, oh, you know, yeah. Donald Trump has one of the great memories of all time. He's got a <laughs> fantastic, the most tremendous memory. Here's uh, here's Trump at the same, 
the same little uh, talking to he gave the press yesterday. I can only say this. I was really nuts to her. I respect her. Oh, he's talking. Yeah, he's talking about uh, he's talking about uh, Sergeant Johnson, who was killed Mm -hmm. in uh, Niger in, in the conversation that he had with Sergeant Johnson's wife. Uh, <laughs> well, at one point he says, I called LaDavid right when it happened. I'm thinking, LaDavid was dead. Yes. You can't. You couldn't have called him then because it would have been impossible for him to have reacted to you. It's like he didn't, I know what he meant to say, but he didn't say it. Yeah. And, he's and got, it's like, Ugh. Yeah, but he's got one of the great memories of all time. Oh, yeah. And he's very, very smart. He's a very, very mm-hmm. smart guy. Intelligence uh, off the charts. Oh, he, yeah. Huge IQ. One of the greatest IQs. One of the great... Great IQs. I can only say this. I was really nuts to her. I respect her. I respect her family. I certainly respect LaDavid, uh, he, who I, by the way, called LaDavid right from the beginning. Just so you understand, they put a chart in front. LaDavid. So- okay, right. So let's, let's get this straight. Okay, about his memory. Okay, first of all, he goes into how his staffers gave him a chart for on right. his desk to know all of the names which he right. had and that's why he was saying la david who's Sar- sergeant johnson's first name la david mm-hmm. and and he's making it clear i had a chart and it said la david now he's going to talk about how he has the greatest memory in the world and didn't need a chart right? i feel like a supermodel except like times 10 well that too i didn't mean <laughs> i didn't need to play that okay here's the here's the rest of this as la david johnson so I quote, right from the beginning, there's no hesitation. One of the great memories of all time. There was no hesitation. There was no hesitation because it was written down in front of you, you idiot. I mean, it's like... A, on a cue card. I, whatever, dude. Was he, it with pictures? Yeah, and it was, no. was it phonetically spelled? That's right. They're just cartoon, like, boardwalk caricatures of all the players so Donald Trump can figure it all well, out. Well, they can't spell names how they're spelled. They have to do it phonetically. But, I mean, this guy, Jody like debunks himself in the uh-huh. same paragraph. It's like, I've got this chart. I got the greatest chart. It says right on there, Lad David Johnson. And so I look at the chart and I know the name, Lad David Johnson. And I have the greatest memory. I came up with it. No hesitation. Lad David. I said on the phone, Lad David. I remembered. You remember well, because how- you just said you had a chart and ugh. Well, and he says how nice he was to her on the phone. Here's, here's a, cl- here's, here's just a little advice, sir. Yeah. Uh, why don't you just apologize? If you did not intend to offend her, yeah. then you just say, you know what? I, I'm sorry that what came out of my mouth offended you. I did not mean to do that. It's yeah. my apologies, my sincerest condolences on the loss of your husband. Done. Mm-hmm. End of story. Move on. <laughs> right, right. Oh, but he can't do that. He can't do that. He can't get himself into a situation where he looks where he thinks he looks foolish. The problem is, is that he always looks foolish. It's it like, makes it worse. It's like the Hulk in the Avengers. It's yes. like, uh, it's just the, the secret is I'm always angry. Well, with Donald Trump, the secret is he's always stupid and foolish. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of amazing when he's not temporarily, but that's the, always the outlier. So uh, while we're talking about that, um, now Donald Trump is blaming the generals yeah. for well, his the generals. For the ambush in Niger. Well, I mean, you know, I wrote about this the other day. I wrote about this uh, on the 23rd. Remembering back, it's clear that Donald Trump said a long time ago that he's delegating all of the military responsibilities, Mm -hmm. all of the decision making to the generals, to the Pentagon, where Mm -hmm. he's completely divorced himself from that process. Now, that can have a benefit insofar as. Donald Trump isn't micromanaging what we do with bombs and bullets, which is important to keep that all that, keep the sharp objects away from Donald Trump. <laughs> but on the other hand, he's able to use this 
as an excuse to get out of doing stupid things. And so now what he's able to do is blame the generals when something goes wrong. He doesn't have to make any hard choices when it comes to deploying the military or dealing with casualties, uh, things like that, targets. He doesn't have to worry about any of that. But the added benefit is, on top of being absolved of that level of stress, he can now just blame the military for all the fuck-ups, and which he's, he's doing now. So, in fact, on, on the 23rd, I wrote, I'm shocked he hasn't blamed the Army and the Pentagon for the Niger ambush yet. Well, sure enough, that's what he went and did. He said, that, uh, he said the other day, I have generals that are great generals. Of course, they're the greatest generals. They're the most tremendous generals. When they're his. <laughs> they're his generals. I have. It's like he says, it's like something possessive about that that's so creepy. It's like when he says he has, he has the best words. I know words. I have the best words. Well, you don't have them. <laughs> you know words. You don't own them. They belong <laughs> exactly. to everybody. You, yeah. you might know some and retain some, even though you, you know, you do, you say you have the greatest memory, but yet you, you wander away randomly before signing things during signing ceremony. But, uh, but the greatest memory. But yeah. he says here, I have, I have generals that are great generals. These are great fighters. These are warriors. I gave them, here's the key words. I gave them authority to do what's right so that we win. That's the authority they have. I want to win, and we're going to win. Well, good job Except so when far. they don't win. <laughs> yeah, right. He How continue- about Yemen? Continued on here by saying, my generals and my military. Yeah, no one remembers Yemen. Where uh, how many Navy SEALs were killed in Yemen? I think at least one Navy SEAL was killed in Yemen early on in this administration. Which and we lost like- a plane, I think, and there was other things. It was That was not good. It was a botched... Uh, uh, military action, which obviously that's why Obama didn't do it. Yeah, and when here we are not remembering things that happened this year because of the ongoing uh, madness of the Donald Trump tennis ball machine. So, But he continued on here to say, my generals and my military, by the way, his military, America, right. not yours, his. Mm-hmm. They have decision-making ability, he added later. As far as the incidents that we're talking about, I've been seeing it just like you've been seeing it. I've been getting reports they have to meet the enemy, and they meet them tough, and that's what happens. Huh? <laughs> they uh, let me try this again. Let me try this again because it might be just me not being able to read his twisted grammar. They <laughs> they have to meet the enemy, and they meet them tough, and that's what happens. Okay, I I, I, I said this on Stephanie's show on Tuesday. Um, I really miss Sarah Palin. I know because she made sense. That's right. It's a big darn deal. A big darn deal. That's Sarah it's Palin, a big deal. Yeah, really big deal. Um, so this is weird. He says, I'm seeing it just like you've been. He's, remember, he's talking to the press. I've been seeing it, and this is about Niger, just like you've been seeing it. In other words... On the news? Yes. Donald Trump, who has access to all military intelligence, all military information. There is a situation room in the White House where he can go and he can meet with the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He can meet with the National Security Advisors and they can give him information. But Donald Trump is getting his information from the news. This is both good and bad. Right. Uh, The bad side is, of course, that Donald Trump is not getting any information outside of the news. That is also the good news, because what it indicates to me is that the generals, the military, the Pentagon, certainly the uh, National Security Council, uh, H.R. McMaster and all the rest 
are not telling Donald Trump things about what's going on. Possibly to make sure that he doesn't blab it on Twitter. Yeah. No doesn't kidding. accidentally blurt it to the Russians, for example. Uh, so this is no. He wouldn't accidentally blurt anything to the Russians. That would be on purpose. <laughs> That's right. That is a very important distinction. Yes, <laughs> he does it intentionally. He doesn't accidentally do anything. So, uh, so I, you know what? Initially, my reaction was, "Holy shit!" Donald Trump is getting his information from the news, just like the rest of us, even though he's privy to everything. He's the commander in chief of the United States military. He can get that information, but he's not, and that is actually indicative of there being a firewall that's blocking Donald Trump from getting sensitive information. And then once further confirming the idea that there is a, a group of people inside the White House, White House staffers, people on the inside, people in the loop, who are keeping Donald Trump out of the loop. And very importantly enough, I can't say enough how crucial it is that Donald Trump stay as far away as possible from actual information, from actual governing. So, I mean, to me, Jody, I, I have no problem with all of the days spent golfing. I'll add, yeah. I, I'll pay a higher tax rate. I'll give you an extra 1% in my taxes next year to keep Donald Trump golfing, to keep mm. financing him, because as long as he's in Bedminster or whatever the fuck, he's in Mar-a-Lago eating chocolate cake with President Xi, I don't care as long as he's not doing important things inside the White House, because when he does important things inside the White House, everything goes horribly awry. They start talking about charging $70 to get in the national parks, things like mm -hmm. that. Horrible things go on. No bid contracts to rebuild Puerto Rico. That kind of mm -hmm. shit happens when Donald Trump's governing. Yeah, <sighs> he, it, it, if it weren't for his incompetence, we'd be way worse off. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. I mean, every moment that he is not governing is a moment in which we are staving off disaster. So I'm I'm more inclined to say, yes, please, more golf, more Twitter. Do things that do not involve putting his squiggly signature on important documents. That's I don't want that. But anyway, so speaking of the Mad King now, Tom Coburn, this is fascinating. Former Oklahoma Senator Tom Coburn. You remember Tom Coburn is oh, also, yeah, I remember him. also a doctor, also a demagogue, far, far right conservative, no longer sitting in the United States Senate. He came out and said today that he thinks the Mad King has a personality disorder. I think this is... Yeah. He's coming up with his uh, professional diagnosis from long distance, and I don't care. That is fine. Anything, again, anything that undermines this president, anything that lines up more Republicans to stand up against this guy, I'm totally in favor of it. He said here... Uh, According to The Hill, we have a leader who has a personality disorder. Oh, this is according to the New York Times, sorry. Okay. But he's done what he actually told the people he was going to do, and they're not going to abandon him. Well, that's, that's bad news. Uh, and then Coburn continued to say, it's also clear to me for the moment that we have given in or given up on our core principles, this is the Republican Party, given up on our core principles in favor of a more viscerally satisfying anger and resentment, Flake said. But anger and resentment are not governing philosophy. Mm -hmm. you know. And really, I'm conflicted here, Jody, and, and maybe you can shed some light on this. Because on one hand, I feel like I want to give Republicans like this, when they stand up, uh, Jeff Flake, another example more recently, uh, when they stand up against Donald Trump, I want to applaud them. And my instinct is to applaud them, because I still believe that at the end of the day, the only people who can convince Republicans to walk away from Donald Trump are other Republicans. 
Oh, absolutely. Like, we can't do that. I mean, they're not going to listen. They're not going to listen to the Bob Seska show and go, hey, you know what? Donald Trump is a fucking idiot. Maybe I won't vote for him next time. That isn't going to happen. So you need Republicans to tell their own that their guy is a nutbag, that he's the mad king and shouldn't be anywhere near the presidency and we have to do whatever we can to distance ourselves from him, Rebottle all of the madness that he has unleashed into the world. Um, so th- on one hand, I believe that. On the other hand, I believe that guys like Tom Coburn and guys like Jeff Flake and George W. Bush and Tom Cotton and the entire list uh, uh, Tom, uh, did I say Tom Cotton? I didn't even. You mean did to say, say Tom I, Cotton. I said Tom. Co- I meant Bob Corker. Tom Cotton hasn't said a fucking thing about Donald Trump, other than to no. manually jerk him off. But uh, Bob Corker has come out against him. John McCain certainly, and then an array of other Repub- uh, Republican analysts and so on. Uh, but you know, at the same time, they helped create Donald Trump. They helped create this atmosphere and the. The sort of the step-by-step progression that I've been kind of following and putting together myself in terms of the formation of this chimera, Donald Trump, is that it's George W. Bush's folksiness and divisiveness plus Sarah Palin's stupidity and and ability to, to link into grievance-laden uh, middle-aged white guys. Uh, and then it was the Tea Party that emerged from Sarah Palin that sort of weaponized all of that, turned it into a, a legislative cudgel. And then that eventually that all of those things you get, you know, it's basically throwing in the throwing in a blender here. Let's do, do do like a genetic blender. Donald Trump loves genetics. Uh, let's yeah. throw George W. Bush. You throw George W. Bush in the blender. You throw Sarah Palin in the blender. This is becoming a awesome blender, by the way, uh, because then you throw in the Tea Party into the blender. You let puree for three or four minutes and then out comes you pour yourself a nice big orange glass of Donald Trump. And there he is. I mean, I think that's pretty explanatory of of how we got to this point in a more simplistic way. But the fact of the matter is, is that all of these people are responsible for making it entire. They're entirely responsible for making this atmosphere occur, and they're making it. They've made it easy for someone like Donald Trump, a big faker, a big phony baloney reality show star, uh, an absolute moron, Mm -hmm. uh, a divisive Nazi apologist. To get to this point. Otherwise, without all of this groundwork, Trump arrives on the stage and, and suddenly the old rules still apply. They say, get the fuck out of here. This is madness. We can't have this guy running for president. And so he would have, which is what we were predicting all along when he first announced, it's like, oh, Donald Trump's going to last a few months in this and then he's going to leave. Uh, but no, because there was such, the ground was so fertile for him to grow. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? I, I mean, should we be congratulating and encouraging Republicans to do this? Or should we be tempering that with like, ah, fuck you, 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 you kind of made this happen? Well, I mean, with, with Flake and McCain and Corker in particular, yeah. they can say all they want, but they're still voting his agenda. Yeah, exactly. So that's my problem with them. If you guys are serious about what you're saying, then don't, but then again, what they're voting for is stuff they would have voted for anyway. So, I mean, they're, they're still voting the way they would have voted. It's just they're going, okay, this guy's bad. Well, then put Pence in as much as I don't want that man to be running the country either. Uh, I don't fear North Korea. Yeah. I don't fear a Twitter tirade, you know, ending Los Angeles. Tomorrow. Though it's good that I'm in Los Angeles because at least I'll die quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, me too. I, I'll die more quickly than you will. 
You know, it's it's definitely I won't be dying of radiation poisoning because I'm only 12 miles from downtown. So, boom, I'm gone. <laughs> right. Uh, the mountains will not save me. So it's it's you know we look that's for the, the only solace I have. That's right. We look for the small things now. The yeah, small the little things. sources of happiness. Like uh, <laughs> you know what? The good news is is that we'll die quickly. Well, that that makes everything better. Yeah, I won't have to have my hair falling out from radiation poisoning and <laughs> right. You know, other things that are wrong. Where I glow in the dark or things like that. I'll just be gone. <laughs> yes. I don't know why I'm smiling at this. I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't be. But you know, you know why it is, Jody. I, I feel pretty good. You know, I, I really try to do my best to uh, to take care of myself. I take my vitamins. I uh, suddenly I'm I was lapse in a Hulk Hogan. I'm like, take my vitamins, say my prayers, train. Oh, that was sort of like Alex Jones as Hulk Hogan. I should stop trying to do impressions <laughs> today. They're just not working out. Uh, but if you're like me, in addition to exercise, you take nutritional supplements to keep you healthy. But are these supplements you take based in science, or are they just a, another passing fad? People take supplements for every aspect of health in every part of the body, but are you taking anything for your cells? Your health begins with the cells that make up your body, and a company called Elysium is on the cutting edge of this. It's a brand new category of healthcare uh, with a product called Basis. Remember this word, basis. I take basis every damn day, and I'm excited about investing in my cellular health. I'm really impressed by the science, too. A doctor who's led uh, 10 years of aging research at MIT worked with researchers at Harvard, Yale, and Oxford and used over a quarter century of research to create BASIS, a daily supplement to support long-term health. Their mission, to use science to help people live healthier and longer. As we age, we start to lose cellular coenzyme we need for energy, for maintaining our DNA, for maintaining our circadian rhythm, and for hundreds of biological functions. Basis boosts our levels of this coenzyme. You can read more about it in Scientific American, Wired, and MIT Tech Review. Right now, Elysium is giving my listeners, you, your first month of Basis for free. What have you got to lose? Go to trybasis.com slash B-O-V-C. Take control of your health and live healthier for longer. Again, use my code B-O-B-C and choose either a 6 or 12 month subscription to bring basis right to your door with a single payment that's just one payment do what i did go to tridebasis.com slash b-o-b-c and get your first month absolutely free see the website for complete details again that's tribasis.com slash b-o-b-c the bob seska show The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back to our Thursday show. Welcome to it. Um, Jody Hamilton is here from the uh, From the Bunker podcast. You can find it on iTunes and what is it, FromTheBunker.com? Is that where you can get it? It's From-The-Bunker.com. Oh, yes, that's right. All of those dashes. Yeah, I, I couldn't get from the bunker.com. Somebody else has it. I know. You know, someone horked Bob Seska on Twitter, that name, that Twitter handle. So I, I stupidly, when I was going to set up my Twitter account, I stupidly added like an underscore in, in my Twitter handle. It's something that I've regretted since day one. I was like, oh, God, I got to do like an, I got to do a thing to distinguish myself from the other Bob Seska. Well, that's great. So you could have I, gone at the real Bob Seska. 
you know what? I should have done that. And you know, I probably can still do it. I probably can still change it, but I'm worried about all the links going to the wrong place. That's the only thing I'm concerned about. I changed ours. Ours was ham or legs first. And then when we changed the name of the show to From the Bunker, that's when I changed it to From the Bunker JR on Twitter. It just changed the name. Wow. It's pretty easy. Ham or legs. That's great. I love that. Well, the old show was the ham and legs show. Oh, that's <laughs> that's right. I forgot. I forgot. No. Uh, speaking of shows, by the way, uh, listen up. We're doing a huge push for our Patreon page right now. Uh, my, my goal is to bring in enough new subscribers to add a Wednesday show. It's a very special Wednesday show. Actually, it's not not special at all. It'll just be another show, but it'll be on like Wednesday. Like a very special Blossom or a very special... <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I'm going to be doing a... Uh... Oh, by the way, that makes me think of something that I saw the other day on Hulu, which is a documentary about the making and production of the old Dana Carvey show on ABC. Oh, wow. Hilarious documentary about a hilarious, under, a very, very underrated show. It was canceled after, what, like seven episodes or something like that because, yeah. I mean, it was Stephen Colbert, and it was Steve Carell, and it was Louis C.K., and it was Robert Schmeigel, and of course Dana Carvey, and just all of these now modern-day uh, comedy geniuses. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the promos they played, it was just in the wrong place. It was at 9.30... On ABC, I think on like Thursday nights, it was just That's, that would have killed it. it. It was like must see TV on NBC on Thursday. Yeah, plus it was coming on after Home Improvement, <laughs> and and so they show these promos that they were running uh, toward the tail end of this very brief run for this Dana Carvey sketch show, and it was like one of the kids on Home Improvement has like cancer and he's died like something about this one kid might die one of the kids on home improvement might die and it's this very special episode of home improvement it's so sad with the sad music and tim allen is crying and the kid's like oh my god i don't want to die dad i don't want to die and then they cut to the promo for the dana carvey show and it's like <laughs> it's like bill clinton nursing like kittens with his multiple nipples it was just un. <laughs> Unbelievably tone deaf and just made me laugh the laugh of all laughs. And plus, oh, that's funny. It reminded me of this great sketch that they ran on that show. And the sketch was called Just Go. I'm not even going to describe it. I'm just going to give you the title of the sketch and you can go to YouTube and watch it <laughs> on your own free time. <laughs> the title of the sketch is Grandma the Clown. Go watch oh, Gr- Grandma the Clown. There are two versions of it Grandma the Clown 1 and Grandma the Clown 2. Grandma the Clown 2 is funnier than Grandma the Clown 1, but they are both... You will piss yourself. They are so funny. They are so funny. And thanks th- thanks goes to Louis C.K. for coming up with Grandma the Clown, I believe. Un- <laughs> unbelievable from the Dana Carvey show. Okay, so back to what I was talking about. Well, we're going to add a special Wednesday show. Boy, I'm really tangential today. Uh, if you sign up, like everyone who's listening right now needs to sign up for just, you can just sign up for like $1 a month. It's like nothing. You won't even notice it come out coming out of your checking account once a month. Uh, but uh, and if that happens, we'll far exceed our goal and we'll be able to add that Wednesday show. Also, let's talk about subscribing for $15 a month, our top level. That's just $1.88 per show. So in addition to the free Tuesday and Thursday shows, we get two postmortem shows per week, plus the Friday after party every week, and my exclusive reading of the Steel Dossier for free. And we'll take out all the commercials from the free shows too, but only if you sign up at $15 a month, go to bobseska.com and click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at the top of the page. And please tell all your friends. Okay, so speaking of the Steele dossier. And oh, by I the hope way, he keeps talking about it. Keep talking about it, Trump. Exactly. Holy God. Uh, and by the way, I am going to get to Mark Halperin soon on the show. <laughs> okay, we are, we are going to talk about Mark Halperin. Uh, but in terms of the Steele dossier, this big uh, Washington Post article came out the other day. And uh, 
sorry, as I throw up in my own mouth, uh, <laughs> the, uh, this Washington Post article kind of reconfirms the fact that uh, there was initially a Republican donor that paid for the Steele dossier, that mm-hmm. paid Fusion GPS to come up with the Steele dossier. And then uh, once the primary election was over and Trump won the nomination, then Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC took over the financing of the dossier. And at that point, that's when Christopher Steele was hired to flesh things out and, and, and eventually went on to actually write up this, uh, this dossier. Um, so this is the news that came out. And, of course, the Republicans and the Trump supporters have somehow gotten it into their head that this information means Hillary colluded with Russia to hijack the election. I just read a, a it seems like it was a Bernie supporter write, writing the same rant about, oh, it's Clinton's, she was colluding with, it's like, why would she, why would she collude or, or conspire with the Russians to lose the election? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I thought she wanted know. the job, so yeah. it would be odd right. that she would do that. Um, and 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 they're forgetting that this story is old. Yeah, it we've is, known about this for months. Right, David Corn wrote about this on Halloween Day, twenty sixteen. Yeah, it was a parenthetical remark. It was just like, oh, and by the way, the Democrats financed some of this uh, steel, do- some of this dossier. It wasn't really even known at the time that it was called the Steel dossier publicly. Right. It was just that like, David Corn hinted that there might be this document composed by a former intelligence analyst, and and it eventually became the Steel dossier, which we found out through uh, through BuzzFeed. But right. David Corn was reporting on this a long time ago. Yeah. C- CNN had something in January about mm-hmm. the Democrats financing, and I don't know how. The Democrats financing the Steele dossier means collusion because the only, and the only thing I can think of, there are two possible explanations for this, is that on one hand, they just don't know because no one on Fox News Channel or on AM Talk Radio has been talking about the Steele dossier or any of the mm-hmm. details in it or its origins or how it was put together. No one's been talking about that on those outlets, on those conservative pro-Trump outlets. So therefore, these Republicans are coming in, these Trumpers are coming in going, I I mean, they're literally making that noise, and you can see it. And and the other added benefit is that they're they're talking about the Steele dossier a lot. Which is well, great. yeah, I mean, are they actually t- saying what's in it and what has been proven to, in fact, be true? Or are they just saying this is all fake and she financed it and it was the Russians and this that? And it's like even Richard Painter was saying, look, getting opposition research from somebody is different than going out and seeking it. You know, there's a yeah. there's a legal difference between, hey, WikiLeaks, let's go you know, get something through the Russians versus, hey, the Russians were doing this. This is what I found out that they were doing. And this is what is going on with this guy and the Russians. That's a different thing than, hey, Russia, go get that. Well, let's be perfectly clear about how this kind of went down, how the Democrats became involved with the composition of the Steele dossier. Basically, the chain of evidence goes like this. The Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC paid a, a law firm Mm-hmm. It's it's an unusual name. I think I can find it here. It's oh, it's called Perkins Coy, Perkins Coy. And so the DNC hires Perkins Coy. Perkins Coy, this law firm, hires Fusion GPS to put together the opposition or to continue with the opposition research on Trump's links to Russia. And by the way, any Republican who reads the dossier knows that this is damaging to Russia. It's dam- I know it's damaging. So why the fuck would Russia? collude to damage itself to expose this plan before they've even reached the end game of their plan 
This is, I mean, this is again pre-election day when this yeah, all it makes went no, down. None of none of the oh, it Clinton and she's done something illegal and the DNC did this and blah blah blah. It's like, yeah. wait, have yeah. you guys read this? <laughs> Exactly. So some Republican donors started this whole process investigating mm-hmm. Trump and Russia. Then they handed off to the, the DNC. DNC hires Perkins Coy, or Perkins Coy had already been retained by them either way. Uh, they hire Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS, after the general election begins, brings in Christopher Steele, and that's how we end up with the dossier. That's right. how it went down. There was no, we don't see Russia in there anywhere. None of the reporting says, oh, Hillary uh, talked to these Russians. She talked to Kislyak and Lavrov and they did all these things. And Felix Sater was involved. None, none of that. No, none of that. None of that is happening. So, but what they may be talking about, and this is the second thing that may be leading them down this road where they're trying desperately to find some recursive link from Hillary Clinton to Russia. Is this okay? So Fusion GPS, that this Fusion GPS, this company seems like it's the centerpiece of a lot of different things. And one of the things it's the centerpiece of is uh, not only uh, the links to to uh, Christopher Steele and the dossier, but also Fusion GPS was hired by a law firm called Baker Hostetler. This is like so ridiculously complicated, and I've been just like my brain has been bleeding trying to uh, put all these pieces <laughs> together. But Fusion Jackie Schechner stat. I know, I know. <laughs> well, maybe maybe Jody, you just go home, and then we'll bring in. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of <laughs> I, course. I am home, so it's easy. I'm already here. <laughs> right. well, I like to present the illusion that we're all sitting here <laughs> holding hands uh, with no pants, and so well, uh, obviously no pants. Duh. <laughs> so Fusion GPS is hired by Baker Hostetler, uh, which also brings in uh, Natalia Veselnitskaya, right? who's a familiar name. Uh, they are all in, in unison uh, defending a, a, a Russian company called Prevazon. Prevazon Holdings, based out of uh, both Russia and Cyprus, by the way. Interesting. Were, that was the company that a guy named Sergei Magnitsky was trying to expose, and in the process of trying to expose this fraud, this tax fraud by Prevazon, Sergei Magnitsky was imprisoned by the Russian government where he was tortured until he died. He was tortured and murdered in prison. That gave us the Magnitsky Act. So meanwhile, right. the United States is going after Prevazon for this fraud, right? Right. And so to defend Prevazon against the United States' prosecution, uh, they brought in Baker Hostetler, which is an American law firm. Uh, Baker Hostetler hired Fusion GPS to come up with dirt on uh, on uh, Magnitsky. And then also they brought in Natalia Veselnitskaya, who was one of the people who met with, uh, with Donald Trump Jr. in that famous June 9th meeting at Trump Tower with Jared Kushner and Paul Manafort and a cast of a thousand Russians. Right. And of course, they're all linked to the Kremlin. So... Basically, the way they're getting, the way the Trumpers are getting from Hillary Clinton to Russia is through Fusion GPS and this completely separate uh, uh, lawsuit and completely separate court case uh, involving Prevazon and the Magnitsky Act and all that crap. So somehow, because Fusion also defended or help to defend Prevazon. Therefore, Fusion is part of the Kremlin or linked to the Kremlin. And I don't know. That, I mean, that's just, that's the only thing I could come up with as a, as a possible, maybe kind of, sort of, uh, connection between 
Hillary Clinton and Russia. But I mean, the bottom line is there was a reason why Vladimir Putin wanted Donald Trump to win the election mm -hmm. last year. And it wasn't because Vladimir Putin has a crush on Hillary Clinton. <laughs> exactly. Now, where does the uranium come in? Because everybody, it's like this whole, the uranium news is old news as well. Yeah. The uranium news is old news. The, the only reason that's being brought up now is because Devin Nunes, who is compromised by the Russians, I'm 100% convinced of that. I agree with you completely on that. Yeah, has decided that, well, now suddenly we're going to investigate the Uranium One deal, which was a Canadian company, uh, mm -hmm. a Canadian mining company that was, you know, just long, circuitous thing where uh, seven or eight agencies had to sign off inside the United States government for the Russians to buy this Canadian company because the Canadian company had mines located inside the United States states well and it also have like american shareholders yeah that's and that too and one of the shareholders was a uh, a, a huge donor to the clinton foundation but that shareholder uh relinquished his stake in in uranium one in 2007 right <laughs> it's two years be before obama even became president and mm -hmm. before hillary clinton became secretary of state and but so, it's all her fault. Yeah, again, nothing to see here. Nothing mm -hmm. to see here. But I'm positive. I'm 100% positive that nobody who's tweeting on the Trump side about the Steele dossier right now and its links to Hillary Clinton, I assure you none of them know about Prevazon or uh, uh, Baker Hostetler. By the way, Baker Hostetler, which is de defending Prevazon against the uh, United States prosecution on fraud charges, but Baker Hostetler was hired by the House Republicans in their 2014 lawsuit against the Affordable Care Act. Remember when the House Republicans mm -hmm. tried to sue Obamacare in right. 2014? Baker Hostetler was their first lawyer, their first law firm that they retained. And this Baker Hostetler law firm is linked directly to both Fusion GPS, Natalia Veselnitskaya, Prevazon, which is then, of course, linked to the Kremlin, because Prevazon mm -hmm. is a oligarch uh, Russian government-backed company, <laughs> right? Lordy. So I would much rather be uh, this chain of events. I would much rather be Hillary and DNC hiring Perkins Co., hiring Fusion GPS, hiring Christopher Steele, hiring or creating the dossier. I would much rather be in that string of characters than this string of characters. Uh, Don Jr., uh, Jared Kushner, Paul Manafort, uh, Veselnitskaya, and then, of course, the Kremlin. That's another, that's an entirely separate string, but that string is far more dangerous, far more damaging than anything going on with the dossier. I mean, I would just mm -hmm. like them, I would like for them to just take, it's only 35 pages. You can read it in about a half an hour. Just go and read the goddamn thing, Trumpers, because you will find, you will be shocked by what you yeah. see. I, I think they think, Jody, I think they think of the dossier and they immediately just believe that it's nothing but a description of the PP tape. Yeah. And that's it. They don't realize, I guess, understandably so, because the press has been uh, weirdly quick to say, oh, the discredited steel dossier. It has not been discredited. There's just certain oh. things that have yet to be proven. Most of it has been proven to be true. Yeah, and in fact, if you look at the uh, the update that Richard Burr and Mark Warner gave from the Senate Intelligence Committee, I believe it was last week, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it may have been uh, earlier than that. But when Richard Burr spoke to the press and with Mark Warner right next to him, Richard Burr, of course, the Republican chairman uh -huh. of the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, 
mm-hmm. said that they were able to, even though they weren't able to get into the uh, origins of the Steele dossier in terms of talking to Christopher Steele and so on, they said, Richard Burr said, that they were able to recreate through their own investigation many of the allegations found in the dossier mm-hmm. up to a certain point. That's right. what he said. So the Republican chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee confirmed uh, I don't know what percentage of the Steele dossier, but enough of it to make it significant so that he said it publicly to the press that he has been able to, and, and their investigators have been able to, uh, to basically uh, re- recreate or reenact some of the things that are alleged in the uh, in the Steele dossier. And, and it was on the same day too that Donald Trump tweeted that the entire thing, the entire Russia attack, is a hoax. Mm-hmm. So this is the cognitive dissonance that's happening inside the Republican Party. Well, do, do you think they agree with the Fox News poll showing his numbers declining through Fox News? Oh, this is, yeah, by the way, this is some of my favorite news of the, of the week because, yeah, his, uh, his poll numbers are taking a giant dump. And this is according to Fox News, so I'd like to see... Exactly. Yeah, I'd like to see Donald Trump refute this. Let me see, where's the, where are the numbers here? He's got a 38% approval, according to yeah. Fox News Channel, the Fox News yep. poll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his disapproval is at 50, 57%. <laughs> Sorry, I was choked on that line there. It's just like, holy God, Fox News has got him at 57%. This is, this is in the same territory as the Gallup poll. That's the one that's the, that yeah. poll. I've had, uh, I've had that, uh, that tab pinned in my Google Chrome since uh, November, since last mm-hmm. November. <laughs> uh, so I've been following that quite closely. And right now, according to Gallup, it's 5936 Mm-hmm. So Fox News is fifty-seven thirty-eight within the mar- same margin of error. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they can uh, say that this is fake news coming from Fox News Channel, and that's down from forty-one percent in August, forty-two uh, percent in September, now at thirty-eight percent. And I can only imagine that this is maybe the consequence of Trump's disastrous reaction to uh, some of these natural disasters. It was a disaster in reacting to the disasters. Right. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering if this is like the public basically reacting to that. I mean, because as far as I was watching in terms of the Gallup daily tracking poll, it seemed like the, the hurricanes and the fires and all of that crap was actually helping Trump a little bit. Or maybe people were just reacting, okay, we got to support the president. All this is mm-hmm. happening. Maybe support the president, at least encourage him, maybe not attack him now until all this is done. And now that it's done, let's get him. So maybe well, that also explains. he's been I mean, his his reaction, especially to Puerto Rico, has been just god awful. And then with this, I mean, I don't know how recent the poll was taken with with the widow. I mean, that can even Repu- Republicans will be like, no, we know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so who knows who knows where it all uh, where it all comes from, but certainly uh, Donald Trump is still doing badly, but not not badly enough, <clears throat> not badly enough to uh, to convince more Republicans to uh, run away from him like the plague that he is. Uh, okay, so meanwhile, Cambridge Analytica uh, is back in the news. They are the uh, that's the the data analysis company that was hired by the Trump campaign, and apparently. This, the, the head of Cambridge Analytica uh, confessed that he tried to acquire Hillary Clinton's emails from WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. This is fascinating. Uh, this guy, uh, Alexander Nix, 
who heads a controversial data analytics firm that worked for President Donald Trump's campaign, wrote in an email last year that he reached out to WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange about Hillary Clinton's missing 33,000 emails. On Wednesday, Assange confirmed that such an exchange took place. Nix, Nix, who heads uh, Cambridge Analytica, told a third party that he reached out to Assange about his firm somehow helping the WikiLeaks editor release Clinton's missing emails, according to two sources familiar with a congressional investigation into the interactions between Trump associates and the Kremlin. CNN later reported Cambridge backer Rebecca Mercer was, there's uh, someone interesting. That name is recognizable. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the email's recipients. So, so uh, Rebecca Mercer, one of the Mercers, mm-hmm. was in on that uh, email mm-hmm. chain. Those sources also relayed that according to Nix's email, Assange told the Cambridge uh, Analytica CEO that he didn't want his help and preferred to do the work on his own. So, and of course we know, and well, how does this involve Russia? Well, duh. I mean, WikiLeaks is a PR arm of the Kremlin. I think Mm -hmm. that's pretty clear at this point. It's part of the whole apparatus of disinformation. WikiLeaks is like a clearinghouse for Russian intelligence now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, by the way, a good job to the left for applauding Julian Assange for so many years and elevating him to the point of celebrity status, to the point where they actually had a movie with Benedict Cumberbatch playing... Uh Julian Assange. Oh God, that's one of the one of the big regrets. And you know what? Quite honestly, uh, before we take a break, I just want to mention uh, one of my big concerns about Edward Snowden when he first emerged on the scene a few years ago was that he's going to turn out to be like a Julian Assange type character who's in the pocket of the Kremlin. Uh, and and we've kind of already seen him going down that road. He's got uh, Edward Snowden. Well, has, he lives in Russia. He lives in Russia as a welcome guest of Vladimir Putin, plus mm-hmm. one of. One of Snowden's lawyers, this guy named Anatoly Kucherena, is, uh, and forgive me if I've botched the pronunciation of his name. I wouldn't know. All these goddamn Russian names. Uh, (laughs) Anatoly Kucherena is a former lawyer with, yes, Russian intelligence and the FSB. So so it seems to me as if it's only a matter of time. Oh, and by the way, Snowden made it to Moscow with the help of WikiLeaks attorneys. So these are all of the things that are swirling around that we should probably keep an eye on and probably pull back on some of our hero worship of guys like Edward Snowden. Well, I I was always against Snowden because he ran. Yeah, yeah. He was no Daniel Ellsberg. He just wasn't. Ellsberg faced the music. Yeah, I mean, so many other uh, uh, leakers have mm-hmm. have done. Chelsea Manning. They... I mean, it's yep. it's they face the music. He did not. He's a chicken, yeah. Yeah. and and I can't respect that. Fine, we needed to know that information, sort of, and I have no problem with necessarily what he released, but I have a problem with how he did it, and that he didn't stay here to face the music. Well, he's in Russia either because he's a chicken or because mm-hmm. because Russia wants him to be in Russia. Absolutely. I mean, that's a whole other thing. I mean, how how does he end up in uh, in Hong Kong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, this is I need to. You know what? I need to put in my uh, my JFK conspiracy music here. Where is that? Wait a minute. <laughs> there we go. And also because they're releasing the JFK files today, which are not they are on supposed the, to. They're not on the National Archives site yet. But so what happened was is Edward Snowden is Hong, is in Hong Kong famously mm-hmm. after he meets with. Glenn Greenwald and Laura Poitras and uh, mm-hmm. Ewan McCaskill, they, they talked, and famously it's all documented in the Snowden movie and the documentary and on. Oh, that movie made me hate him more. <laughs> I know. Not very favorable to Edward Snowden. I, as soon as he said he liked Ayn Rand, I, I was done with him. <laughs> See, 
Yep. Yep, he's an Ayn Rand fan. Uh, so after he was with the, uh, the Guardian crew in Hong Kong, Edward Snowden left that hotel and I think stayed for either two or three days at the Russian embassy mm-hmm. in Hong Kong, at the Russian consulate, where they threw a birthday party for him. Yep. Like a birthday pizza party for Edward Snowden inside the Russian consulate. And from that point forward, he shuttled from Hong Kong. I love this music as I'm getting all conspiratorial with (laughs) Edward Snowden. Uh, I'm I'm like uh, Donald Sutherland in that scene from JFK telling... uh, There you go. And you're Kevin Costner, Jody. (laughs) Naturally. (laughs) And so then he shuttled from Hong Kong, from the Russian consulate in Hong Kong, by WikiLeaks lawyers to Moscow where he's holed up in the airport for several days and and gains the the uh, representation of Anatoly Kucherina from the Russian FSB which is Russian military intelligence. That's that's how Edward Snowden is in Moscow. That's how he is. Nothing ends up being. to see, Bob, nothing to see. Yes, right. And so Much like there's no climate change, nothing to see. <laughs> that's exactly right. Okay, uh, one last break and we'll wrap up the show right after these words. And what are you doing in my bathroom? Relax, dude. It's just me. I'm trying on my new mustache soaps for size. What's up? Yeah, it's my new stash box mustache soaps from Bubble Genius. See? Look at this one. Oh, oh, hello, my darling. Do you admire my sexy stash? (laughs) Uh, dude, you're a weirdo. (laughs) No, it's fun. Here, see for yourself. Try this one on for size. Oh, fine. Well, howdy, (laughs) ma'am. Y'all know where I can hitch up my horse at? <laughs> uh, oh, gee, this is a neato one. I'd like to discuss the molecular structure of soap, please. <laughs> These soapy stashes are spectacular. See, I told you, super fun. And they smell great and lather up like crazy. Those bubble geniuses got it going on. Stash box mustache soaps for good, clean fun. Only from Bubble Genius. BubbleGenius.com Bob Seska! Woo! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com Okay, here's what you gotta do. Go to uh, our Amazon link at BobSeska.com, just beneath the logo, the all-caps Amazon link. Takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com, and you can go buy Nikki Six's new uh, biography. Nikki Six from Motley Crue, who, by the way, is one of my favorite people in rock and roll. Really? I don't think I've ever mentioned that. It was one of the one of the, the few I've met a handful of of, of rockers who I really really uh, admired before meeting them, and then I got to meet them uh, because I did a music video for for Motley Crue. Uh, way That's back in awesome. like, like 2000. And so I got to talk to Nikki Six on a couple of occasions over the phone. And I've met some rock stars, some recording artists who I admired. But after I talked to them, I hated them because they were yeah. just such prima donna, such assholes. And I could tell lots of stories about that. But Nikki Six was not one of those people. Nikki Six was so cool to me and and so uh, so encouraging of, of the ideas that I had. for. I did a couple of uh, cartoons for them. One was an animated video and the other was a animated music video. 
So, uh, so in collaborating with him on the ideas for that, it was just a lot of fun. He was really down to earth, really a cool guy. He may have been on heroin at the time, so that's why. But I don't know. Well, yeah, he's mellow, probably. <laughs> I don't know. But this was calm uh, you down. Yeah, this was 17 years ago. This was, uh, I don't know, I don't remember what album they were putting out. Oh, it's called New Tattoo. That was the name of their album at the time. <laughs> They don't have room for any new so, tattoos. Yeah. So there's my little Motley Crue story. Uh, meanwhile, investigators uh, looking into Trump Russia are gathering documents from the estate of Peter W. Smith, who, by Didn't the he way... he supposedly kill himself, unquote, quote, unquote? Yeah, he blabbed everything he knew to the press and then killed himself, told the Wall Street Journal, and then, and then offed himself a, a couple of days later. He was... Mm-hmm. I believe he was terminally ill, but I don't know if that has anything to do with why he killed himself. There's another... Another, uh, another another reason. We can to play. go all conspiracy on that one. Yeah, I just bring this music back. I don't know how Peter <laughs> W. Smith died. Maybe it was the Umbrella Man. <laughs> I don't know. It, is this it was the guy on the grassy knoll. It was anti-Castro Cubans working with the CIA, working with the Mafia, working with the FBI, working with the ONI, with the Secret Service, and LBJ waiting in the wings. No. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what the deal is with Peter W. Smith uh, in terms of. Um, how he's necessarily linked to the Trump campaign, but he did try to go and get those missing emails. It's like what mm-hmm. Cambridge Analytica was trying to do. It yep. looked like everybody at some point during the 2016 election was trying to get their hands on Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails. And Peter W. Smith was one of those guys. He ended up working with a hacker named uh, a hacker on Twitter who I actually know. I've had a couple of conversations with a guy who's called Pwn All the Things. I think his name is Matt Tate, or Matt, maybe it's Matt Tates. I'm not sure if that's his last name or not, but this is the guy that uh, uh, Peter W. Smith tried to get, or tried to convince to help him out and trying to get his hands on uh, Clinton's email. So they were talking to Russian hackers who may or may not have had access to Hillary Clinton's quote-unquote deleted emails, the 33,000 emails. So... I'm glad to see that uh, investigators are looking into Peter W. Smith and, and, and they're going through uh, all the documents in his estate, which is good news. Uh, the one thing they need to do is get a new photograph of Peter W. Smith. Jody, have you seen the one floating no, around? No, I have not. It's either like he had the worst plastic surgery oh, no. or, or it's just a horrible, horrible Photoshop. Like there's is one- it like Rob Lowe in the Liberace movie bad? Or? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's right. He's on the, Peter W. Smith was on the California diet for a while. <laughs> uh, and, and, but Peter W. Smith, th- there's a photo that was used on Rachel, that Rachel Maddow uses of Peter W. Smith, that looks normal. It looks like a normal, older man. But then there's one that's going along with all of the print versions of the stories about P- Peter W. Smith, where he, j- <laughs> he just looks like one of those plastic surgery nightmares that you see on discovery channel or something oh, it's just like no, weird but unfortunate it, but it doesn't look i mean you know i've got nothing against plastic surgery but i mean the, the thing is this one looks like photoshop like i don't know like he went to dr nick riviera from the simpsons and and got it done there or something it's just like really really bad really extremely stretched back so that's just uh, something I noticed. So I, I hope in, in amongst those documents, they come up with a new photo and circulate it to the press because it's scary. The, the existing one is really scary. It's for Halloween. Um, there you go. All right. So uh, moving along before we wrap up the show, as I was saying, the JFK documents get released today. Uh, Politico put out a list of things that we should uh, watch for. I mean, I tried. I went to the National Archives site, as I was saying before, Jody, mm-hmm. and I tried to do a search. Uh, because I want to find out more about Umbrella Man. 
Umbrella Man is a weird story. He's a guy, I don't know if you've seen any of the uh, the photos or footage of, of Dealey Plaza during mm-hmm. these, but there's a guy during like noontime in Dallas uh, where it's perfectly sunny, not a cloud in the sky, and this guy's standing there holding an umbrella. And maybe he was just a maybe he was just concerned about skin cancer or something. Yeah, I mean he could have just because I'll do that in the hot sun. I'll have I'll have an umbrella. Children go, why are you have an umbrella? And like I'm old and I I it's hot. Yeah, but but the but what he does while all of the mayhem is breaking out uh, in Dealey Plaza, he starts pumping his umbrella up and down. Like he takes the you know the little the little grabber thing. Uh-huh. Uh, that you pull up and down to make the the uh, umbrella the thing open, open and close. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he starts pumping that up and down, and the theory is is that it, it, you know this is one of the conspiracy theories that uh, that he was a CIA agent on the ground, and his job was to signal the shooters to either stop shooting or to keep shooting, and mm. the pumping of the umbrella was keep shooting. And the other theory is, is that he had like a like the umbrella was like a uh, James Bond kind of thing that Ooh. shot poison darts or something or Maxwell that was well smart kind of thing exactly right so something like that so so kind of a lot of silly theories about the umbrella man but I I want to find out I want to find out what that guy's deal was because it wouldn't shock me to learn that he was somehow tangentially linked to everything that went on. But anyway, so Politico uh, did some uh, recommendations here. Number one, begin with the most secret documents. Start with the 3100 assassination-related documents that the public has never seen before. Duh! I think that's what everyone's going to be looking for. Two, I mean, this is interesting because not only did Politico suggest to focus on Mexico City, where a second Oswald apparently turned up to the the, uh, 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 Soviet embassy in Mexico City, uh, but also Michael Beschloss tweeted about that today. He tweeted out a transcript of a conversation between J. Edgar Hoover and LBJ about the second Oswald in Mexico City. So this is may- maybe an interesting angle. This may be where the first big news will come out of the uh, the new JFK documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, keep in mind that the crazy theory about an Oswald imposter in Mexico may not be so crazy. So there's more on that. They actually extended the Mexico thing to two. Uh, number four, credit Oliver Stone, Kevin Costner, and the power of Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, not only is JFK one of the greatest movies ever assembled, and this doesn't mean that I'm supportive of some of the conspiracy theories in it. I just think it was a masterpiece of film. It was a great film. It really was a good film. Yeah. And I think that movie had a lot to do. It certainly uh, sparked my interest because I, I was really in 1992. I was all over this thing. I was in the national, I went to the national archives. I sat there for days looking at microfilm and, and, and my preference microfiche because I I prefer the fish over the film. myself. I, I always, and you know why I like to say microfiche. Uh, Kids and, don't know that. They no, don't know what you're talking they, about, Bob. They don't. Microfiche. Those are the little panels that you put uh-huh. on. It's not a, a roll of film. It's right. not a reel of film. It's like a little panel that you stick uh-huh. down. Um, <laughs> that's my ex- that's my technical explanation. Microfiche is a panel that you stick down. It's on the thingy with the stuff and the people, and you put the thing on the stuff, and yeah. then you do you put the, the the light on it, and then you can see it. You know what it is, Jody? <laughs> I, I have the best words. I know words. I have the best words. <laughs> So, uh, so it had to do, a lot to do with the, the release of these documents and a lot to do with the, uh, the Oliver Stone movie. And I always try to give him credit for that. Uh, number five, don't forget that the government has already admitted there was a JFK assassination cover-up, just not the one Oliver Stone imagined. Yeah, I mean, we always tend to focus on the Warren Commission report, mm-hmm. but there was a, a House Select Committee on assassinations yeah. 
that determined that there was a likely conspiracy in the JFK assassination, uh, also in the RFK assassination, and also in the MLK assassination. Mm-hmm. All so, makes sense to me. And, and what that merely implies, what that merely suggests is a conspiracy is quite literally just implying more than one person involved. So that doesn't necessarily mean that the mafia and the anti-Castro Cubans and space aliens and the Umbrella Man were all working together to assassinate these figures, but it just means that maybe Oswald had some help, you know, and that's, that's basically it. Or, um, who, who Mark David Chapman, who shot RFK had some help. So we don't know the extent of that yet, but no, nope. Mark David Chapman shot John Lennon. Oh, that's right. Who shot? Sirhan Sirhan shot Bobby Sirhan, Kennedy. Right? See, I'm always mixing up, mixing up my assassins. Yeah. <laughs> Sirhan Sirhan's a lot older than Mark David Chapman. That's right. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Duh. I like know I my said, assassins. I mean, I have the best words, Joey. I know so. words. I have the best words. Uh, hey, my friend Michael Servers played John Wilkes Booth in the, the stage production of Assassins, so I'm, I'm good with Assassins. Oh, that's awesome. I love that show. Uh, number six, remember who wrote these documents. These will be mostly documents written by federal government workers or other government workers using jargon that would mean little to anyone outside their agencies, even when discussing the details of a turning point in history like the Kennedy assassination. So be aware of jargon. Jargon Jargon is not, it's not fun to wade through government jargon, but it's there. I think by now we have a a pretty good read on government jargon, given all the uh, the news we've been getting out of the NSA and out of the Trump administration, everything like that. I think we're all up to speed in our civics, which is one of the upsides of having Trump as president. We all know about things a little better than we did before in terms of the functioning of the government, merely because it's being illustrated how government is so dysfunctional right now with Trump in there. Thank um, God. Number seven, bone up on your Watergate history. That's another oh, thing. Yeah. Uh, during Watergate, Nixon may have been referring to the JFK assassination as that Bay of Pigs thing. In some of the Nixon tapes, Nixon mentions, quote unquote, that Bay of Pigs thing. And and Nixon is really concerned about the Bay of Pigs thing coming out. Well, and then he's asked by... uh, 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 Haldeman, his uh, his chief of staff, he said, well, "Well, is it Bay of Pigs? Isn't that a that's a Kennedy fuck up?" And and Nixon was like, "Hmm, is it? <laughs> is it really, oh. or is it is it something else?" So, bone up on your Watergate. Number eight, find a good cheat sheet and other shortcuts. Several websites are uh, dedicated to questions and conspiracy theories about the assassination. One is especially valuable: the website of Mary Farrell, the Mary Farrell Foundation which has created a vast online archive of government files and other information about the assassinations of both John and Robert Kennedy and of Martin Luther King. Last year, the foundation's president, Rex Bradford, which was my radio name back in 1978. I was Rex Bradford. That's great. You were, what, six? (laughs) Yes, and I was doing doing Top 40 radio in in Tulsa. That's awesome. And I was Rex Bradford in the morning. (laughs) It was like Rex Bradford in the morning zoo crew. Uh, I'm making all this up now. Uh, he prepared a useful summary of the soon to be released documents. So we'll see about that. I want to go check that out after the show. Number nine, remember the name James Jesus Angleton, which I almost said James Jesus Angleton. (laughs) Angleton was the CIA's counterintelligence director at the time of the Kennedy assassination, controlled the flow of information to the Warren commission. Angleton, a paranoid, delusional, duplicitous alcoholic. Sounds like a great guy. Sounds like one of our kinds of guys, Jody. He sounds awesome. He sounds like he sounds like so much fun to party with. Totally. He's paranoid, delusional, duplicitous, and an alcoholic. It's like a bonus. He's, I know. 
I think he's married, ladies. Sorry. Oh, man. Uh, his legacy at the CIA was a uniquely disastrous one, appears to have intentionally withheld evidence and witnesses uh, from the uh, commission, all but guaranteeing its investigation would be flawed. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never actually read the name James Jesus Angleton before. Angleton. I love the last name. Yeah. Uh, number 10, forget the name of Rafael Cruz Sr., probably. Yeah. <laughs> Which is basically to say... Trump was probably making that up that Rafael Cruz was part of the assassination. I mean, there's yeah. also, you know, there's also a conspiracy theory about Woody Harrelson's dad. Really? Yeah. One of the claims is that one of the three bums that was taken off one of the trains, uh, one of the hobos that was taken off one of the trains behind the grassy knoll uh, in, involved Woody Harrelson's dad. So therefore, <laughs> Woody Harrelson's dad, who was a hobo in Dallas on November 22nd, 1963, uh, is somehow now involved with the Kennedy assassination, but I think that was, uh, I think that was kind of debunked <laughs> at some point. I don't think Woody Harrelson's dad uh, had anything to do with it. So yeah, well. I don't think so. But either. we'll see. You can go to uh, the National Archives and search for Woody Harrelson's dad. I will and now find, and find out for sure. So that is that. That is the uh, the latest on the uh, the whole Kennedy deal, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if uh, this becomes a major news cycle this week. I think. We could probably expect a few juicy tidbits to come out of the uh, come out of the works on that. So, yeah, it'll be enough to uh, distract everyone for a few days from whatever the fuck Trump is doing to <laughs> ruin the world. So, uh, lots more to come up on the postmortem show. Do you want to stick around, Jody? For 10, I would love to stick around ten or twelve minutes or so as we uh, do our postmortem show for our Patreon listeners. We're going to talk about, uh, uh, speaking of Mexico, we're going to talk about the Mexican election and something that uh, Trump lied about with regard to the... uh, Wait, 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 hold on. Trump lied? Trump lied about something, Jody. It's breaking news. Trump lied. Oh, my God. I've been loving John Oliver these days. Every time he gets, (laughs) every time he catches Trump in a lie, he's got a red, big red button on his desk. He slams (laughs) down, we got him, we got him. And this big banner descends behind him, we got him. And, And confetti starts flying around. He's like, oh, he's still president? Oh, <laughs> we didn't get him. It's like in any other in any other era, a lie, mm-hmm. any one of Donald Trump's lies would be a presidency crippling event. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't seem to work anymore. No. So anyway, go to uh, our Patreon page. That's through bobseska.com. Click the all caps Patreon link. Sign up for just $1 a month. That's all you got to do. But if you want to really, if you want everything that we have to offer, you got to sign up at $15 a month. That's only $1.88 per show. You get the free show without any commercials on it. That's a bonus right there. Plus, you get the postmortem show, which is tacked on automatically at the end of the free show that has no commercials, right? Plus, you get the uh, the after party on Fridays. That's a lot of fun. Plus, you get the free uh, reading of the Steel dossier. You can listen to it over and over again as you commute That's to work. That's the main reason to do it is for the Steel dossier. That's right. My word-for-word reading. And literally, <laughs> I read every word on the pages. Of the Steele dossier. Wow. And, and you can read it. I mean, it's about, I don't know, it's about 30 minutes long. It, you know, it'd take you maybe through the commute to work or something like that. You can listen to it and uh, get really brushed up on everything that's involved in the uh, the Trump-Russia thing. Some of it may di- be maybe disproven at some point. Right. But it hasn't yet. It hasn't Not yet. yet. So that's the, uh, all that crap. Is on our Patreon page. Go and do that. Also, make sure to uh, catch Guilt Lily if you're in uh, Los Angeles. 
Jody Hamilton is singing for Gilmore. I am, yes. It will be at Molly Malone's Irish Pub on Fairfax. Uh, we go on at 8 p.m. because I'll be really tired after that. There you go. All right. And we ran out of music, too. So we'll just, we uh, we'll just say that's it for the show. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> <laughs>